This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Hammett. And Jessica. And Dottie, apparently. And you're listening to the Friendly <laughs> Atheist podcast. If you like what you're listening to, or even if you don't, go to patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist podcast. According to the reviews, a lot of you don't like what you're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, be less extra. Yeah, I just got that one today. I don't know why he didn't say Lextra. How was your week? You know what? It was rough. <laughs> this has been... It's just nonstop, huh? Just nothing. News-wise, yes. News-wise, I feel like I feel like there's just... I can usually space out posts on the website, uh-huh. and now it's like every 45 minutes or an hour, it's like, oh my God, big, refresh. giant, crazy thing. Anyway. Um, how's your Labor Day? There was Labor Day. Labor Day. It's all the same now. Oh, yeah, because you don't have a job. It's kids. Oh, yeah. My job is always the same. It's the kids. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a day off for them. God, no. <laughs> What am I supposed to do with them now? <laughs> Daycare is closed today. I was in Wisconsin with my fam. That's was, way better. Yeah. No, it was nice because there's no human children yeah. yet. So there was just a lot of wine. That works so it much better. It was really fun. Why, you could do wine and human children. It's really all right. It's necessary. <laughs> you are at it's present. Necessary. Heaven, it's nighttime it's I, again. It's why I come here. Yeah, it's nighttime. We've been recording at like noon for the last two months. It's been awful. Yeah, it's no, nighttime. it's late at I've night. I've got on wine. A no more coffee. <laughs> this is. I think. I think this is going to be a really good show because I just think. I think my externess comes out with the full moon. <laughs> Uh, before we start, let me give a huge shout out to some of our newer Patreons. Yeah. Thank you to Scott R., Yay. Terry H., and Kevin M. Thank you for your Terry support. Terry Hatcher listens. Yes. That's so flattering. Right? She was in Desperate Housewives <laughs> wanna, and Over the Top. Do you want to start with a fun story or a Oh God Help Us story? God, can we start fun? I mean, it's we just been a lot. start fun. Okay, so there is a high school in Ohio that's been accused in the past of Wait, doing... just yes, really quick. Yes. Terry Hatcher wasn't over the top. She's in Tango and Cash. Go ahead. I'm glad you cleared up the <laughs> Listen, biggest misconception I don't need the, anyone's ever A, I don't need ever. the tweets. B, if my husband ever listened to this, he does not. <laughs> he would be really embarrassed for me. Go ahead. Glad we settled that one. Okay, so there's a high school in West Virginia. Forget Ohio. I don't know what I'm talking about. There's a high school in West Virginia, Man High School. Man? I mean... Man. Literally one N. So they... They've been uh, accused in the past uh, by Freedom From Religion Foundation okay. of doing prayers over the loudspeaker before football games. Oh, they did it last yeah, yeah, year, yeah. too. And it's not the only school that does this, but it's still illegal. Mm-hmm. And FFRF, I think, wrote a letter to them last year to the district saying, you can't do this. Stop doing this. Right. And I don't think they got much of a response other than like, well, we got your letter and we'll address this. <laughs> Thank you for your consideration. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, you can't really do much with it when they say we're going to address it other than, all right, I guess someone has to keep tabs on it. And right. We'll see. Well. And this came <laughs> from a complaint, complainant yeah, who went to the high school? Uh, someone who knows the community. Complainant? Complainant? I think that's actually the technical word. Yes. <laughs> I, someone in the high school, FFRF has enough on their plate. They're not looking for this sure, shit. Sure, sure. So someone in that community right. alerted them last year. And it happened again by the same dude over the PA system. 
uh, recently. Okay. And so FFRF sent another letter uh, this past week. To, this is to the Logan County Board of Education saying, this is illegal. You can't do prayers over the loudspeakers before football games because that's basically Government someone sure. working for the school, right. even as a volunteer, working for the school, using school equipment on a school event, uh, and basically urging the whole crowd to pray. Right. It's legal if students or athletes wanted to pray before the game by themselves. Sure. No one's stopping them. If the whole crowd erupted in a mass prayer, that would actually be fine. FFRF would not care, the legally town speaking. The called man. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> and so this guy was doing it over the PA system. He can't do that. It's literally the Supreme Court has ruled on this issue. Right. So anyway, uh, FFRF sent the letter. And fine, there was a local newspaper article about it. So they asked the dude who's volunteering as the public address guy and does Mm -hmm. commentary for the football games. And my favorite thing in the world is the way he responded to this. Here's what he wanted to say. It's a shame that these atheists are ruining this nice tradition that we have going. That's kind of the gist of what he wanted to say, which is a dumb thing to say. But it's like, but I get that. I've right. heard that before. Here's what he said after saying it's really just a crying shame. He said, if prayer is not allowed Uh-oh. at tonight's game, because it's Friday night now, if prayer is not allowed, I'm walking. If it's forbidden tomorrow, then we will walk out, he said. Who's we? We being Chris Trent, the PA loudspeaker Announcer. guy. Trent said others who volunteer their time in the press box are preparing to join him too, including those who run the scoreboard and game clock. So all the volunteers who help kind of manage the game uh-huh. and, and help out, they're like, we're going to walk if we don't get to break the law and say these Christian prayers over the loudspeaker. Okay. Which, by the way, I've been to high school football games. Sometimes the electricity goes out or the, the, the scoreboard doesn't work. Yeah. And nobody's going to a high school football game to hear what the commentator in the press box has to say. I actually like, we'll be honestly fine. cannot remember any, any commentary at high school Yeah, no, they games. existed because sometimes there's a radio station that no one's listening to or... or oh, they're that saying, shit used to be in public access TV all the time, <laughs> right? too. Or sometimes they might say, oh, this school is subbing in this player and mm-hmm. it's nice to hear your name over the loudspeaker. Sure. Fine. So the people are there. That's fine. But this idea that well, if you don't allow me to break the law, right. I'm going to leave and not break the law. And, <laughs> and yeah. your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you showed us, dude. Not Bye. just anybody Bye. can say words on a microphone. <laughs> it takes a lot of talent. Like, oh no, stop, come <laughs> yeah, back. No Is that what you think everyone's going to do? No one's no well, one's. Well, I mean, maybe. That. Although I think that'd be a super fun gig, so I would take that on. Oh, it'd be a fun gig, but dude, this guy's thinking that the whole game revolves around his pregame prayer. <laughs> Sounds like it. Which is... That just made me laugh. It's like, oh, no, you can't do your prayer, and now everything has to hit the fan. So what? What? how does that... I don't know. So the one report I've heard tonight, because the game has already happened, I would assume, since it's late Friday night, I have not heard anything about whether they prayed or whether they prayed over the loudspeaker mm-hmm. or if anything happened. So I'm so waiting for that update. What you're saying update. is you're not keeping up with West Virginia Believe it or not, high school football? Yeah. I, what are you doing with I your I don't life? have tabs on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> I, I hate stuff like that. I, I really do. I don't like... What, the pregame prayer type of thing? Well, yes, but I hate that Like we end up in these positions of like... It's 
so like we look like the bad guys. I know because it's Christian it. persecution when you say you have to follow the same rules. Because right. you know this school. If it was a Muslim a speaker in that prayer saying, "I want you all to face in this direction," right? And I know, and <laughs> like, I, that would never happen. I do think there is a certain kind of logic that they are following. That it's like, well, everybody in their mind, everybody here is a good Christian boy and right. girl, so it makes sense. I just, I know it's necessary. It's my least favorite part of like. Being an atheist yeah. who's an activist. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's calling for neutrality, which will be interpreted as persecution. Right. It's I annoying. I hate it. Uh, here's, this, here's one more good one before we get to more serious, crazy stuff. Okay. There's a new book out. Uh, I think it's this month, if not this week. It's called Pure, Inside the Evangelical Movement That Shamed a Generation of Young Women and How I Broke Free. Oh. By Linda I, K. Klein. Do I want to read this? I it, feel like it might be heavy. It seems really Seems good from everything I've seen about it. But uh-huh. basically, it's stories of women who have struggled uh, with trauma, dysfunction, anxiety in their relationships because they grew up in this culture that mm-hmm. said no sex before marriage mm-hmm. and no nothing before marriage. Right. And if you do something before marriage, you're hurting yourself. You're cheating on your future spouse, whoever that may be. It's this really, so really fucked. horrible, mentally crazy thing. Um, and by the way, the, one of the things that they teach these people, uh, whenever they're doing abstinence-only sex education and it's taught by Christians mm-hmm. or you're in that movement that uh, puts purity on a pedestal, is this idea that you're not going to do anything sexual before you get married, but the moment you say, I do, suddenly it's your sex so, life is going to be amazing. so fucking wild. That's so it is not such how a it wild works. expectation on sex and relationships. And the pressure on both of you. Oh, and, God, and it's going to be bad. Like, uh-huh. sorry, it's going to be horrible. Like, physically, even if you knew what you're doing, but you've never done anything before, that hurts. Yes, I, correct. You know? It's like you sh- and and that's not even going into you don't even know what you're you doing. You don't you super don't know what you're doing and there's the layer of shame that I don't and I I I just don't think that somebody who has been raised the first say 22 25 years of their life believing that sex is dirty and it's only for one their one even though they believe that within the confines of marriage it's like a beautiful expression I can't imagine you can disassociate the feelings of shame with the feelings of arousal at one point, right? Like <laughs> You have to convert really quickly. Really quickly. Like this thing that's been so shameful and I was taught never ever do this Ugh. and now the, the door is burst open and you can like run out and whatever. It's like, yeah, you're right. It just, it's How do you go from this thing, I was never supposed to think about it, I'm a bad person, I'm shameful, right. to now this is supposed to be the greatest expression of my love. And it's, like, <laughs> that's the thing, is how do you not, like, if you're, you know, you get married and you have sex for your first time. How, and both of you are virgins, which I have absolutely no problem with. No, that. if but you like, choose it for yourself, absolutely. all right. But, like... I feel like if you've had no sexual experience whatsoever, you are not waking up the next morning like, that was fucking awesome. I can't (laughs) wait to do that more. Like, it's not. It's not gonna be because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you like. You don't know where shit is. (laughs) Right. It's it's a complicated business down there. Uh, Beth Kaplan, one of the writers for Friendly Atheists, shared a story uh, on the site where she was raised in a culture that kind of preached this thing. Uh-huh. And I had never heard this anecdote before. So I was shocked to read it. Basically, she said that in high school, uh, I don't know if this was at her church or somewhere else, but the purity group, silver ring thing, they all wear silver rings to, to 
show you how pure they are. Um, I'm wearing silver rings. Are you pure? I'm wearing three. Then you're super I'm pure. Extra pure. pure. <laughs> uh, basically, one of the demonstrations that this group gave to her group, okay. or someone from Silver Ring thing gave to her group, is that they had a wooden heart as a demo, and it had pieces of it destroyed by a blowtorch because every time you have sex with someone who you're not going to marry, a part of your heart is gone and forever blackened and charred. What the <laughs> fuck did you just say to me, Hammond? It's a live demonstration. Like, here's your perfect, pure heart. And now, oh, you had sex with somebody? Like, right now, boom, part of your heart's gone. Which means there's a finite amount of heart. Yeah. If you have too much sex before you get married, your heart's gone and you have nothing to give to your spouse whenever you get married. Your cold, black, dead heart. <laughs> yeah. I've heard a few things like that. The one that sticks with me the most, because it's really visceral to me, is, have you heard the one where you pass around a cup in the classroom and everybody... Oh, do you have that one I on there? I literally was going to okay, talk about yeah, that. Okay, yeah, yeah. No, you read it. No, yeah. The, they. This is kind of the abstinence-only sex education type of demo. You have a, imagine a classroom full of kids. You pass around no, the cup. I, every one of you spits. In, I think we've talked about this before. Every one of you spits inside of the cup. Last kid with this cup full of spit. Don't say it. I can't. Chug it. No, chug the spit. No, I couldn't get my headphones off fast And the enough. kid says, no, I don't want to do that. That's disgusting. And the response is, yeah, that's right. It's disgusting. That's what happens when you have sex like, with I'm anyone s- who's okay, had sex have... with other people. Just the, 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 <laughs> the oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's fucked. That's yeah. so disgusting. So this, it's, the, the issue is not if you choose to save yourself for marriage. It's a personal decision. Yeah. That's fine. It's not the one, like, I... I care about. I, I don't feel bad for you if you chose it, you know. And I don't judge I mean, you for it. If you're making it. an informed decision regarding, if I think informed the, is a key word, I don't always know exactly that. That's exactly what I'm like. I'm trying <laughs> to work out in my head of like, technically, they're and like they're. God, I don't know. Are they making their own decision? Or are they not? I don't know. When you grow up in a culture where they always say any kind of sex. Let's even say, I, I know they include kissing in that, but like, let's even say beyond that, if you have any kind of sex, you're doing something wrong and shameful and you're going to get AIDS or whatever they say that is horribly misinformed and untrue. And you grow up thinking, well, I believe that yeah. and I'm saving myself for my husband because that's the most romantic thing to do. Right. I don't know that that's a fully informed decision when it's based off of these lies that are coming your way. But if you... Because you don't have all the information, so tech, like literally, it can't be an informed decision. Yeah. But but whatever. it's also opinion. That's, There's it's also opinion. a matter of opinion of like if if you are of the opinion that every person you have sex with lessens you in some way. Like I don't know how <laughs> to prove you away wrong. Pieces of you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, hard to overcome. And again, this isn't about a personal choice. This is about a movement that says all of you need to be doing this because yeah. anyone who's not there's shame associated with it too. yeah anyone who's having sex we are shaming them they yeah. are doing something wrong um yeah that's the problem and by the way i think we talked about this before one of the <laughs> books that really spearheaded this whole movement uh-huh. is uh what was it why i kiss dating goodbye joshua harris he was 21 when he wrote this book about how dating no sure court, 21 is, is when i was my smartest <laughs> yes. for sure yeah 21 I mean, and basically the guy now whatever 20 years later he's like 
yeah, I admit that book did more harm than good. Yeah, no no shit, kidding. Dog. Um, but um, it's the movement that's the problem. Yeah. And this book, going back to the original thing, the book is called Pure Inside This Movement. Uh, she's telling the story of women who are traumatized mm-hmm. by all of that. And you can understand why they would be traumatized and how it would affect their marriage eventually in a negative way. Yes. And on top of that, the really fucking weird relationship it, it fosters between fathers and daughters. Oh, the, so, it's, the dances. It and ma- the... Like, I, I went to like a father-daughter dance with my dad That's when I was like in high school. But like, Not the one I'm talking about. Oh. What's the one I'm talking about? The Like the... The Daddy Owns You Ball. Oh, the Purity Ball. Is it called Purity Ball? It's called Purity Balls. It's actually one of the first episodes of The Dollop, which is a podcast I really like. It's fucked. It is so... It's so upsetting because it just... I don't know. It just... I think my problem is with all of these sort of assigned relationships that you're like, you can only have sex with your husband and you can, you know, your father is your protector, is it allows no room for, like, individual personalities... Like, for example, I I don't want to shock anybody, but I'm sort of a loud, forceful person. What? And I know, I know, I, I, I really keep it tamped down for <laughs> this particular show. But, like, if I'm just a forceful person, and if my husband was supposed to be somebody who, like, dominated me, like, we would have the weirdest fucking marriage in the entire... Like, it just doesn't give any room for personalities. Yeah. And it makes me sad, because how can you be happy with somebody if you're trying to fill in a gap that you don't fit into. That might have mixed metaphors, but you know what I mean. Anyway, I really don't super like when we talk about sex in this podcast, Hammond. It's, because it's just upsetting every time. Well, and just like, you're like my brother at this point. It's not something that... And I know my parents listen to this. Ugh, what? It's all off. Yeah. My parents what? are extremely supportive of me, sort of. I can't believe we have listeners. <laughs> my brother and his girlfriend listened to it as they were driving <laughs> up and uh, no I'm with you too I it's not something I'm comfortable talking about but no. it's one of those this is important because it affects people's lives that's the framework it is and this. it's it's so it's one of those things that like it's not our business which is why we talk about it <laughs> if that makes sense right? <laughs> right like because nobody I don't know it doesn't Let's let's get to the not sex, please. Not sex, just sexual abuse. That's better, right? Oh, I've got one of those too. Uh, There's a few of these. Yeah, it's going around. Yeah. Uh, Let me start with this. So, a bunch of things about the Catholic Church. There's a few different stories I want to talk about. First of all, uh, we talked weeks ago about the awful stuff we found out in Pennsylvania. They released a grand jury report. More than a thousand victims, hundreds of priests implicated over several decades. One maybe silver lining to all of that is that several states and their attorneys general, like the government, because the Pennsylvania thing happened because the attorney general pushed it yes. or pursued it. Yes. And uh, uh, the guy that's their current attorney general, uh, Josh Shapiro, he came into office when that investigation had already begun, kind of. Mm-hmm. But he's like, oh, yeah, no, we're still doing this. And he's the guy that kind of pushed it through to the end. I'm he's curious. the one who made the announcement. Do you know off the top of your head, is he Catholic? Shapiro? Uh, Shapiro is not. A, he's Jewish, Jewish yeah. Uh, and by the way, he's gotten a lot of anti-Semitic messages saying you must oh. be going after the church because of oh, this Oh, cool. This. Chill, guys. Uh-huh. Chill as usual. But uh, the question is, okay, well, if Pennsylvania used the government to go after the church and get their records that uh-huh. were secret for so long, what's stopping other states from doing the same thing? Because 
one of the bombshell thoughts that came from that grand jury report is, oh my God, this is one state. It's mm-hmm. not even one state. It's six dioceses out of the eight. Yeah. Like, it's not even everything. What happens if all 50 states did something like this? And the thing is, there are now several states that are pursuing exactly what they did in Pennsylvania. Are we one Illinois of them? is one of is them. It? Yeah. So here are the states, seven of them at the last count where they are either launching their own inquiries yeah. into abuse in the church. Uh, New York, New Jersey. New Jersey has the Sikh attorney general. Uh, New oh, y- really? Which is just interesting. That guy that seems awesome. Uh, Nebraska, New Mexico, Florida, which surprised me. Florida's attorney general is Republican Pam Bondi, who is like super conservative. But good. She's doing this one. And that's right. I guess and Missouri and Illinois are the other two. They're all launching their own, or at least looking into it. And I'll say this, all the Catholic Church uh, leaders in those states that I've seen so far are all like, go ahead. We'll give you what you want. Well, because at some point you need to cut out the infection so everything else can heal. Because if they keep hiding this, it's going to fester. And it is, and it has. I'm... My question always, like you said, you're surprised what Florida, because she's really conservative. That one in particular, she's the one that after the Pulse nightclub massacre, Anderson Cooper was interviewing her like a day later. Well, she didn't say anything wrong per se. She said everything right. But Anderson Cooper, when she's like, you know, we got to care for these gay people and the communities that got hurt. And he's like, but you've been advocating against gay people and you, you passed laws that make it harder for them, blah, like something like yeah. that. I'm paraphrasing. And she got very upset that she was challenged on her anti-LGBT activism. Hmm. But the point being, she's super conservative. But even on this issue, she's like, yeah, we're, we'll go after I it. guess just my question is like, why not? Like, what yeah, would really. the, like, I feel like it's such a politically, it's a political win. I am the yeah. person who uncovered all of this abuse. Like, whether yeah. or not... Even you, if you're religious, even if even you're if conservative. Even if you're religious. Because that's how I feel about almost anything uh, in terms of... Yeah, if a Democrat has a... So the Al Franken thing. Like, mm-hmm. I was deeply disappointed that Al Franken turned out to be a creep. But I want to shed light on these things because I want him out. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't understand... Like, this sort of, like, insular nature of a lot of conservatives and religious people of, like, we have to protect our own... Why? And by the way, a lot of attorney general, prosecutors too, who want to shoot for higher office later down the road, you always hear these stories about how they're they're really going after criminal, uh, alleged criminals. And they're sure. like, I'm going to send you to jail for life. Yeah, and you they have hear their the stories. project. Yeah, the stories are like, well, that person didn't do it or they got excessively punished or, or whatever. Or they had an ounce of pot on them and yeah. they never got to see their kids again. Right. And like, those are always, they think it's a win for them when they're hard on crime. But then you always hear the other side of that. This seems like a you're going to be hard on crime and you're uncovering child abuse. Yeah, you're the good the, guy. You're yeah, the hero. And the Catholic Church is not looking good right now. Like, by all means, kick them while they're Yeah, down. let's dogpile. They're, and they deserve it. Yeah, so, that's I don't know. not so, unearned. Good on that. Here's a, another version still on the Catholic Church thing. I have some Catholic yeah. Church stuff, too. Um, this is interesting. I didn't hear about this. We've heard, uh, there have been researchers who said how much money has the Catholic Church paid out to victims over the course of decades or whatever? I've heard numbers that ranged like three to four billion dollars with a B, right? B uh, four billion paid out since 1950 in scandals, and that's from a couple of years ago. That's before like this. all this stuff. But this I'd never thought about, and I'd never even wondered. Uh, I didn't. I don't know how you calculate it, but they said we wanted to know how much money the victims lost. 
because God. these victims do not get money when these priests are prosecuted or their stories go out. Um, it's a criminal thing. The, the Hopefully the abuser gets punished, but it's not like they're necessarily going to get money to the victims. Not always. In some cases, yes. There have been, I lied, there are some dioceses yeah, where they've paid out the victims. Okay. But we're talking the criminal charges. The oh, question okay. here is how much money have they lost because of trauma, because of it affected their life? And so a couple researchers uh, this, this summer... This is going to be rough, isn't it? Well, they, here's what they looked at to try and figure out a number for this. They looked at healthcare costs for the victims and, and how much more it was for the victims than other people in their situation. Child welfare costs, violence and crime costs, special education costs... Um, if you, Why had special to, I, I don't know if it's, you had to go through some sort of trauma special. Oh, is the idea that, like if you're traumatized as a child, you're, you, you might have to get some therapy. Yeah. While you're going th- okay. I, I, know, I don't know if that's what it's referring to. Sorry if I'm wrong. Productivity losses too. Mm-hmm. You worked, but you couldn't do the job that everyone else could do because mm-hmm. you had other issues. And they found that female victims, and by the way, they had to take out people who killed themselves. Because you can't calculate all this, and some of them did. So they said, okay, we're not including those. We're talking about people who are alive, and we calculated it. For women, they suffered a lifetime cost of $282,734. Almost three hundred grand. they lost over a lifetime because they were victims of sexual abuse. Could you argue with the number and the methodology they took together? Of course you can, absolutely. But as far as a, let's try to get something on paper here, mm-hmm. that's what they calculated. Um, for men, they actually couldn't calculate the productivity losses, which is usually the bulk of it, just because the information they were gathering from didn't have that data. Okay. So for men, they said they lost uh, 74,600 something. The reason it's less is because they didn't have the biggest chunk of that information available sure. to them. The point is, though, uh, and, and also they had quality of life losses. Maybe you had to spend money on other stuff. That's about $40,000. Mm-hmm. So we're talking for a lot of victims more than $300,000 over the course of a lifetime because you have 40 plus years of impact with depression, anxiety. It affects your work. It affects yeah. your school. You, you can't necessarily uh, get that PhD because of all the intense work you got to do to get there because you got other stuff on your mind mm-hmm. in some cases. Yeah. The point is, victims suffer more than just physically and emotionally, and it's not just when it happens. Yes, it, it's, it's with them their entire life. So, yeah, I think I'm I'm glad they did that because I feel like that's a, a lot of what we see in like the Me Too movement of not only are women being harassed and it's uncomfortable and it has traumatic effects, but they're being forced out of their field of choice because. Louis C.K. blacklisted them or whatever. Right, right, right. And, and they couldn't get uh, the same opportunities as yeah. everyone else because they couldn't prove themselves. Or they just gave up on the career they wanted and were too. like, okay, I guess I'll go be, you know, an office manager right. back in Ohio, which is fine, but that's, they could have been a successful person and we'll never know. In stand we'll comedy or something like that. But yeah, the point is it, the abuse takes them off the path they might have been on. Yeah. And that's, that could be disturbing. NPR spoke to a victim who's now 53 was abused by one of those Pennsylvania priests for two years as a kid. What he told NPR is he started drinking and doing drugs in high school. He didn't graduate. He has spent time homeless. He has spent time in jail. He's actually better now. But the point is, the abuse he suffered as a child was with him. It did long-term damage to his life. 
And we just let it happen. As a society, we just let it happen and protected these men. Mm-hmm. And this is How, why these attorneys like, general go after the churches. I, Let's get just, these stories out so it doesn't happen to more people than it's already. Yeah, I feel it's just a lot. It's so it's so like layered in terms of like the rage and disgust you feel at it that it's like oh my god these priests are abusing children like on its face that's gross and horrifying and then just the layers and layers of it is it's it's oh my god like yeah. and these men aren't seeing consequences they're just not and nobody yeah. In some cases, it happened so long ago that they're dead now. In some cases, statute of limitations has expired and you can't do much. And they just are fucking leaving children, young adults, adults in their wake who are broken. I still think about the one priest in Pennsylvania who molested somebody. The church knew about it. It didn't go public at the time. Then he asked for a job recommendation from the church so he could go work at Disney World. It's just, it's so abhorrent. It's so, the protection of those in power, people are willing to sacrifice anything to protect the status quo and to protect those in power. And the consequences are, are so, they're literally unimaginable because people like this guy who didn't graduate high school, was homeless, he could have been a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. He, if he had not had trauma in his young childhood, he could have gone on to do great things and affect the world, but instead we just lost this person in a lot of meaningful ways. And it's... If you're pro-life, that should bother you too. That's the fucking thing, isn't it, Hammond? What? Where the fuck are they on this? (laughs) They're they're worried about getting Kevin on the court. They want to make sure it happens so that more people can, I guess, suffer. Um, you had something else about the Catholic Church. Oh, yeah, people being super cool and chill. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a Cardinal, uh, Sergio Obeso Riviera. Nice. Did I do that good? Sure. Riviera. I took several years of high school <laughs> Spanish. All for this moment. All for Way this very moment that I fucking tanked. Yeah. Um, so he um, he's just been um, made a Cardinal. I don't pretend to know how that system works, but I think it has to do with the Pope. Yep. Um. So he said some really cool, chill things. Um, He said that uh, victims who accuse priests should be ashamed because they, too, have skeletons in their own closet. He said (laughs) those who accuse men of the church should be careful because they have long tails that are easily stepped on. So essentially he's saying, like, he's basically saying he who is without sin casts the first stone, but, like, Hey, victims, but you like, got problems, too. Yeah, like maybe like six I'm... six-year-old kid, yeah, you oh, probably have some skeletons in your closet. Or like I'm throwing a pebble and you're rolling a boulder down a mountain. It's yeah. maybe not the same. Right. Um, he said some... How <laughs> a fucking I mean, prick this guy we, is. We talk about victim-blaming. This guy's literally victim-blaming. He's blaming. literally victim uh, Yeah. I'm here to talk... Um, I don't know the context of this. I think it was like when he had his cardinal party. That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm here to talk about nice things, not problematic things. It's an accusation that is made, and in some cases it's true. But the evil of many is the consolidation of fools, because sometimes those who accuse men of the church should be careful because they have long tails that are easily stepped on. So, like, like, haters gonna hate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did some things, but I bet you also did a thing. It's a horrible reaction. Like, for example, when I was eight, I was learning how to count change. 
and I stole a quarter from my teacher so I could buy cake at lunch. So if somebody abused me, I should not say anything about that because I too have skeletons in my closet. I too am a sinner. It was really good cake. I'm sure I, it better have been. I literally for the remember it because I still feel committed. I still feel guilty about it, which <laughs> says a lot about like my priorities in life. You can give her the quarter back. Sorry, Mrs. Finley. <laughs> I stole I got, your quarter. <laughs> I got I got one more about the Catholic Church stuff. Yeah. Uh, because I saw an interesting article about this in an Irish publication, and I hadn't thought about this for a while, but it's it's legit. So in 1992, when I was all of nine. Uh, on Saturday Night Live, Sinead O'Connor was the musical yes. guest. Yes, and yes, 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 yes. This was a famous appearance because SNL got a ton so of hate for this. Famous. Here's what she was supposed to do: she was supposed to sing a cover of the Bob Marley song "War," mm-hmm. and during dress rehearsal and leading up to it, at the very end of the song, she held up a picture of I think like uh, an African child who was starving or homeless. And oh, like, I thought it was another something like that, but saying we need to that. we need to help this kid. It, she was holding it up saying, let's do something about this because war is hurting a child like this who is totally innocent. Right. And so it's like, yeah, it's a political statement. If you watch SNL now, it's like most of the musical guests don't really do something like that. But whatever. Right. That was her shtick. That's what she did. Fine. When the actual show went on the air that night, she didn't have a picture of that child. No. She, at the very end of the song, which the last line has the word evil in it, she holds up a picture of Pope John Paul II. We have confidence in good over evil, is what yeah. she said. And she said, fight the real um, enemy, holds up that picture of the Pope, then rips it up on camera. The applause sign, by the way, at the end of the song does not go on. And you can, the SNL I mean, people are like, go to commercial. Go to commercial silent. now. Totally I've, I've seen that video so many times. Yeah. It is, it's, I mean... She I know ripped it's a up real, a picture I know of the it's Pope really pretentious thing television. to say, but it was so fucking brave of just like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 here we go. And like to a silent audience. I, it, it and was, again, keep in mind, heavy. 1992, this is 10 years before Spotlight and I've, right. all the articles about the abuse came out, even though people were aware of right. some of the abuse. Certainly people with Irish ties knew that it was really bad in Ireland. And so she did this thing, and she got so much shit for it. Her career, oh. even though she did musical stuff after that, yeah. her career was effectively over because she was a pariah. She was the woman who tore up a picture of the Pope, anti-Catholic, whatever, yeah. on live TV. Uh, SNL got a ton of shit for it, too. And she, I mean, I remember I wasn't watching the show at the time. I was no. too little for that to understand what was going on. You said 1992? 92. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have known the significance of what she did. No. But when I heard about that incident, because I, I became a fan of the show when I was young, and you hear about that incident, it's like, oh my God, what a horrible thing this person did on live mm-hmm. TV. That's crazy. And in an Irish publication this week, um, a woman uh, basically, I'm sorry, I don't know who wrote the article, Niall O'Dowd. She argued that uh, Sinead O'Connor deserves an apology from everybody who criticized yeah. her. And what she uh, wrote in this article is we now know that the pedophile scandals were rampant during the era of Pope John Paul, who chose to turn a blind eye. Sinead O'Connor was calling out the right person. She called it right. She only got abuse in return. Yeah. That's a fair thing. And Sinead O'Connor actually said a few years ago in an interview, I'm Catholic. Uh, People assumed I didn't believe in God. That's not the case at all. I'm Catholic by birth and culture and would be the first at the church door if the Vatican offered sincere reconciliation. 
Like, she wanted the church to be better. Yeah. And that's why she did her protest. But it's one of those things, like, uh, revisionist history. If you think about that situation now, it's like, damn, she made a good point, And she, yeah. she was the one who got all the shit for it. And she shouldn't. No, yeah. And people, she, by the way, I should make clear, people said that, too, at the time. But they were the minority voices. But, yeah, like you said, this was before the spotlight era. It was before the social media era where this kind of thing could spread. It was, it had no, if you weren't aware of what was going on, and I presume most people, at least in the U.S., didn't know. I don't know how well known it was in Ireland, but you watched It wasn't on my radar at that time, so it's like, I don't know what people were thinking at the time. Yeah, but you have to think, like, if this happened... Today, it would be Twitter. This is what she's talking about. This is what it means. Here's an interpretation. Here's what, right. like, here's some really cool hot takes. <laughs> but then it was just like, fuck, I just watched a woman rip up a picture of a religious leader, no context, called him evil, mm-hmm. yikes on bikes. Like, that's a lot. And I, by the way, I wonder if, if someone did that today. Let's say she's a musical guest now and holds up a picture of Pope Francis and does the same thing. The strange thing is, I feel like she would still get shit for it. Not not yes. her in particular, anybody. Yes, because <laughs> I think uh, the more hypocritical among us call for civility when it when it's convenient for them. Yeah. So, like, I think it would be entirely appropriate to criticize, like, speaking, like, literally speaking truth to power is what art is, right? All like, right. that's the point of it. Um, like, even after we know all this stuff is happening, for someone to rip up a picture of the Pope today you would still be yeah, considered I mean, the bad fuck, guy. Look at what's happening in the NFL. <laughs> we'll talk about that. I got something about that. Do you? Too. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think the comparison is fair because yeah. they're doing something much less drastic than than ripping up a picture of some sort of leader. They're doing something very quiet and solemn. And still people are losing their goddamn minds over it, even though they know. They know that violence against black Americans is uh, by by cops is insanely high and dangerous and it's just dangerous to walk down the fucking street and if you're black you don't call the cops because they're as likely to fuck with you as they are with whatever the problem is people know that they have access to that information they just don't care and they're choosing to spin it the way they want to anyway what's your thing about the nfl (laughs) uh so okay we know nike put out this ad about colin kaepernick yeah Uh, it's a pretty good ad ad say i can't remember Um, it's uh fuck follow your dreams even if they're crazy it's something like that uh, follow your dreams sacrifice if you no no i know know what it is (laughs) something some don't tell me okay you you talk i'm gonna think sure so anyway uh nike did that ad follow your dreams even if you have to sacrifice everything something like that yes so they did the ad campaign with Colin Kaepernick, who was kneeling during the national anthem in protest of racial injustice, not the national anthem. Okay, we know Trump doesn't like it. We know conservatives are like, this guy hates America. That's not really true, but they don't care about facts. Okay, fine. We know all that stuff. This is a surprising one to me. Mm-hmm. There is a small Christian school in Missouri called College of the Ozarks. Really small Christian Believe in school. something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Thank you. I was, on the, I was Close <laughs> in enough. the neighborhood. Uh, College of the Ozarks has been 
named years ago the most unfriendly school in the nation for LGBTQ students. Cool. Like, Congrats, how guys. How bad do you have to be to be the worst? How do you? Like, <laughs> worse than, like, a Liberty University? Uh-huh. Worse than Liberty. Ozarks, is that some, Missouri? Some, yeah. Uh, some schools, even Christian ones, are like, well, you can't do gay stuff, but you can be gay. We'll just cure you of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, we'll, this we'll, school yeah, is worse. We'll, we'll get that right out of you. Um, they actually say in their handbook, I had to double check, like, no. is this still going on? I had to look it up. Yes. I'm going to hate this. They will, students will be subject to disciplinary action, unquote, for supporting <gasps> those who are transgender, not being trans, but supporting trans people, are LGBTQ themselves, <laughs> or are seen touching or caressing someone of the same sex in a sexual manner. So if I'm like, hey, buddy, guy, friend, how are you doing? Pat on the back. Back rub. Sexual manner. That's Hemant gives really sexual backpacks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'd be kicked out of this school then, right? <laughs> well, like, I, what, what, what do you think? absurd garbage are I, they talking about? It's in about? the handbook. It's hilarious and what, sad. What I mean, is, how is they it just 2018? Don't want... <laughs> what century it's, are they living in? It's not what 2018 so in College of, of the Ozarks. What are they afraid of? So what are they Heather, doing about Canada? What are they afraid of? Someone getting into their bubble. Someone popping their bubble. Uh, last year, I don't know if we talked about the school in this podcast. Maybe we did. But last year, the school announced that its athletes would have to stand for the national anthem. They weren't the only ones to say this, but they were like, no, no, no. They won't be allowed to kneel. And by the way, if your team has anybody who's kneeling, we're not going to play you. <laughs> okay. That's so. That, we, it's just they just so refuse to play. Dumb. It's, totally it's so dumb. So, it's so grandstandy. So, what are they doing after the Nike? Tell me ad? everything. They're all burning their patches of their socks more or less they said we are no longer using any nike products mm-hmm. for our athletes cool my if husband we... just bought a pair of nikes yesterday <laughs> so like i don't know what to tell you they also said uh we will never we, we'll get rid of anything that has the swoosh the nike swoosh on it okay um and so here's what, the... what branding is good <laughs> yeah college of the ozarks president jerry c davis says if nike is ashamed of america we are ashamed of them yeah no really solid read <laughs> jerry jerry Jerry. Jerry. Knocked it out of the park, <laughs> as usual. Critical thinking skills on point. Yeah, and then he went on to say, you know, Nike can do what it wants, blah, blah, blah. But the college is free and honor-bound by its mission and goals to ensure that it respects our country and those who truly served and sacrificed. Have you heard... Have they met Donald Trump? Bones, Girl, President Bones I do not even know... Ugh. Just saying, there's other ways Just to there, serve and sacrifice. The, here's the thing is sometimes I have moments like the one I'm having right now that I feel like I'm physically leaving <laughs> my body and looking at what's going on. And I just, I feel like I'm in the fucking Truman Show. I feel like they are fucking with me personally. Just to get a reaction from you? Yes, because <laughs> these same people who are so obsessed with the military and military respect and are spinning the kneeling thing how they want to, which is obviously not what it means. Like, anybody with half a brain cell can figure that out. They're also fine with President Bonespurs, the guy who said John McCain is a bad soldier because he got captured. Like... How? How can you hold those two thoughts in your head at the same time without your brains leaking out your ears? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I genuinely 
don't get it. I do. I have, I genuinely try to understand where people are coming from. That's why when we were talking about the prayers over the loudspeaker. Okay, let me put myself in that guy's head. Well, everybody hears Christian, my perceptions, blah, blah, blah. This is unconscionable. It is impossible for me to even follow the train of logic that leads them from Donald Trump <laughs> to kneeling at the national anthem means fuck our troops. Like, yeah. it is... It's oceans. By the way, that comment about those who truly served and sacrificed, according to the school's own press release, the person who said that was uh, Dr. Marcy Linson, and listen to her title, Vice President for Patriotic Activities. What? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, my this God. A vice is this a dystopia? Are they living in a dystopian novel that I wrote in five years? I, I'm so curious what class discussions must be like since Hemant, dissent is such a bad thing at the school. What are dystopian novels going to look like in 10 years? Because I don't know anymore. <laughs> know, right? It's called what? history books. Yeah, That's it's what literally they... called 2018. <laughs> Read all about it. 1985, lol. <laughs> It's like somebody read 1985 is like, oh, this is a great idea. (laughs) I love this handbook. Thank you. 1985 will just be replaced by like a look back at 2016 and beyond. Look back. Yeah. But again. Oh, what is happening? It's not just like this ignorance of racism. It's not just the pseudo patriotism. We like symbols more than we like actual nuance and discussion. And the fact that our country treats our troops like fucking garbage Like, what are they talking about? You should ask the vice president for patriotic activities. This, I just, I can't. (laughs) Did, is she, is she a Huxley character? What is she doing? (laughs) I, man. Vice president, say it one more time. Vice president for patriotic activities. Activities is the most nefarious word in that. <laughs> like, y'all got to participate yeah. and you can't descend. Like, she's going to go dorm room to dorm room to make sure everybody's saying their prayers every night yeah. and, like, prayers kissing, kissing to, the flag. Is that what you do? Uh, unless that's <laughs> desecration, but Trump hugged a flag and everyone liked that. So. Has anything ever made me more uncomfortable, less comfortable than seeing Trump hug uh, what was this, six months ago now? Oh, it was a while ago, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. What? How, though? Hemant, Dude. how did we get here? How did we... Where are we? I don't recognize us. While we're on the subject, that seems like a good time to go to this one. You know what? Just yeah. pause. I know I say this no a lot, pause. but we I... don't pause. <laughs> I do. It's have... editing. I don't <laughs> got time for that shit. I have Time Hop. So do you know what Time Hop is? Have we talked about this before? So it's an app that you can see what you posted on oh, that day okay. in the last X amount of years. Yeah. And so a lot of times it will be like, shit, I wrote for the Friendly Atheist in like 20... Six years ago. Yeah, 2012 <laughs> is when like yeah. I was my most active blogging. And it's so fucking buck wild to see. I'm like really concerned about what Pat Robertson said or some <laughs> shit. And I'm like, like that's small potatoes. Now Jess. he's the what tangential you... sideshow. Yeah. And he's, but... he's not gotten less bananas bonkers. No. He's just been, forgive it, trumped. <laughs> Go ahead. Well played. You don't get anything for that. <laughs> a victory asked, sip of wine. You asked where is this coming from? I'll tell you where it's coming from. Remember, um, this is 
a year ago, a bunch of conservative Christians signed something called the Nashville Statement, which was it was no signed in this. Nashville, and basically it was a whole document saying this is what we think about LGBTQ issues. So they said, you know, transgender, Hammond, that's I have not a thing. No memory. That's of all right. This. A, a bunch of conservative Christians signed this document. It said trans people, they're just mentally ill. They don't. Transgender is not a thing. It said uh, traditional gender roles are the way to go. Uh, gay wait, pe- wait, who signed this? Every conservative Christian you could think of, pretty much. Wait, wait, like in government or just in life? No, 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 in, no, in, in life. America. Okay. In America. Sorry, I um, just like got... Okay. Now, a lot of those people happen to be on Trump's evangelical advisory yeah, board, too. Yeah, fucking say. Now, anyway, the, this week, uh, a guy named John MacArthur, a pastor, another conservative pastor, he led a group of people to sign something called the Social Justice Statement. And basically, think back to Gamergate and what all the social justice warriors... Um, it wasn't Gamergate. It was about ethics and, thank you, and thank video you. game journalism. All the people who are mad about what people were saying about that, all those people were like, what social justice? That's a horrible idea. That's what this Christian document basically is. Specifically, according to their website, clarity on these issues will fortify believers and churches to withstand an onslaught of dangerous and false teachings that threaten the gospel, misrepresent scripture, lead people away from Jesus. Okay, so what is it that they're so worried about? Right? That's the I question. I feel like it's about us personally. <laughs> Your name was included. <laughs> was as, it? Oh my yeah, God. she's too extra. So... <laughs> According to their document... I just laughed so hard I made the dog bark. My work here is done. <laughs> so, so they, for example, they think that... Uh, this is what their document says. Yeah. There's a lot of things here, but this is one of them. Although group, families, groups, and nations can sin collectively, and cultures can be... I'm predis- sorry. This is the good part. And cultures can be predisposed to particular sins... Subsequent generations share the collective guilt of their ancestors only if they approve and embrace or attempt to justify those sins. In other words, I blacked hey, white, out while you're that's talking. all right. It was a long thing. What they're saying is, white people, you're not. Don't act like you're slaveholders. You're not guilty of slavery. So <sighs> stop acting like you owe black people something. That's what I took from Yeah, black people have had it too easy for too long in this country. That's what I've always said. They're saying, like, white people need to stop apologizing for racism. That's how I'm reading that. But the thing is, okay, they're not slaveholders today, but there are racist people doing racist things today that's not slavery. That's what they seem to be ignoring here, that the white people today, and and by the way, it's not just white people, but, like, people are incapable of being racist. (laughs) Yeah, I'm totally right. Like... You're incapable of it because you're not a slaveholder. That's okay. stupid. Here's the thing. It's twofold. It's one, like he said, yes, there are still actively, aggressively racist people. Two, just because you are not actively and aggressively racist does not mean you don't benefit and par- benefit from yes. and participate in a society wherein black people are considered less than. That was built on a foundation where you bu- already had a head start. Exactly. Okay. They also, in this document... And, and again, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, to, to admit that does not mean that you are doing something wrong. It admits that there are some injustices that maybe we should work a little bit harder to, to help. Yes. Right? And yes. That, I think, is the social justice perspective on this. No, social and justice that's is what, a bad word. <laughs> people hate that and they didn't, we want people to be treated equally. We're the worst. <laughs> Here's another thing they said when it came to sexuality. We deny that one sex can be fluid. We reject, quote, 
gay Christian, unquote, as a legitimate biblical category. Wait, do they think gender fluidity and homosexuality is the same thing? That's what it reads like. But specifically here, what the takeaways from this they section... They just heard somebody say gender fluid, and they're like, that sounds gross. Yeah, I pretty hate much. It. it said fluid, which we don't like. <laughs> and and there's only whatever, and Adam and Eve. And you said gender. Yeah. But they reject gay Christians. You can't be Christian and gay, which I, there are a lot of gay Christians who might disagree with that. Yeah. They also said, uh, okay, this is not even surprising at this point, but if you're not in a one-man, one-woman relationship, you don't get to call it marriage. That's we'd reject the idea that anyone else could have a marriage. Well, fine, then you don't fucking get married to a man or a woman um, if you don't want to. Leave <laughs> me the fuck out of your mouth. Then uh. they wanted to make sure people like you know your place. Oh God, what, meet people <laughs> like me, atheists. People, uh, people like you, women. Oh. In marriage, the husband is to lead, love, and safeguard his wife, and the wife is to respect and be submissive to her husband Okay, in, I, in all things lawful. I it's, just want to say, <laughs> my husband got his wisdom teeth out yesterday. I cared for his ass all fucking day and protected him by not filming him when he was saying some really funny shit. He did a Buffalo Bill impression from Silence of the Lambs. It made me laugh super hard. It was so funny. Oh, man. In church, by the way, they made sure only qualified men alone are to lead as pastors, elders, bishops. And yeah, preach. you guys have been super discerning <laughs> with the men you get to lead your church, dickbags. <laughs> My favorite part of the thing. They, they were like, we are not racist. We condemn racism. No, we're not racist. We just think people of color are less than. And that's not racism. That's and, just called science. And the people who signed this document are pushing, like, they support this government that is doing things that effectively punish people of color. Are there names color. I'd recognize on this? Uh, some of them. I'll get to them in a second. Okay. They also rejected, literally, in the document, they rejected intersectionality. They rejected... Wait, wait. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. The word what intersectionality. What the fuck are they talking about? I, I wanted to know. What do you define the, as intersectionality? I did not get an answer from their document. Yeah. So I don't so know what they think So for people who don't know, means. intersectionality refers to sort of the idea that, like, if you're a feminist and are fighting for women's rights, you also need to be participating in the fight for, say, racial equality or, or LGBTQ rights because it's all intersectional. It's all coming together. There's too much overlap between the two. You can't fight we for all one need without to work. We all need to work together. Yeah. They also rejected radical feminism. Oh, that's... Which I don't know what they think radical feminism it's is versus my whole feminism. jam. <laughs> yes. I um, haven't worn an underbriar, underwire bra in a year. <laughs> radical feminist. <laughs> in your fucking face, dickbags. Do they know Jesus was Middle Eastern? I don't know. No, but, he was white <laughs> with blue eyes. Did you know... Mm-hmm. And this is hearsay and something over the internet, but it's interesting anyway. Apparently, Leonardo da Vinci may have modeled his version of Jesus off his lover. I hope it's true. I have no comment. That's excellent. That is excellent <laughs> to me. Go ahead. Um, hey, somebody look that up and see if it's true. Yeah, thank you. And get back to us. You can at me at this one. Uh, they also said, oh, by the way, as of when I uh, we posted this article a few days ago, there were 3,500 people who signed this document. 3,500? Yeah. But the original list of people who signed it, I mean, 
I don't know which names you know and don't know. They're not well-known names necessarily. I know the dumb names. <laughs> John MacArthur is the most famous one. So let's oh, start from I there. I don't know right? anybody's name because who uh, the fuck is that guy? It is interesting to note that a lot of the people, the conservatives who are typically associated with Trump mm-hmm. and the ones who side, signed the anti-gay national statement last year, their names are not on here, which is interesting. They did not sign on wait, to wait, this wait. document. Excuse me. So... Mm-hmm. So who are these people? So the these people are other form- conservative Christians, but they don't necessarily have the same political clout. Is as there the other is there like Christians. a sharks and jets style yes. conflict between them? Yeah, because yeah. I would pay to watch that. What Royal is the South Park? It's the Atheist Alliance of America versus Atheist Alliance. USA. No, this is a great I joke. I screwed it up. You're welcome. <laughs> but the point is, these are other conservative Christians who just aren't in that same political really? mold. But, but the fact that That's they released wild, this statement as a social justice statement, that basically they're so mad that people care about the less fortunate, which you would think if they read the Bible... That's Isn't that kind of supposed to be the uh, point? It depends on which parts you like in yeah. the Bible. Um... <laughs> So that's fucking uh, so cool. So what are we supposed to do with it? What, like, what's their goal? Their goal is to get Christians to stop doing anything, promoting what they see are social justice issues or activism. They don't like the idea that you'd be attacking the Trump administration for harassing immigrants if they're illegal immigrants mm-hmm. or something. They don't like the fight for racial equality and the attacks on cops if you think that racial injustice is an attack on cops. Like mm-hmm. that's it seems like that's what they're against. This idea that women need equal rights in yep. a lot of things. They're like, no, you have your place. Um and apparently they really the don't kitchen. like Christians, especially who are fighting for a lot of these things, including LGBTQ equality. And by the way, some Christians are gay and trans and whatever. Yeah. And they really hate the idea that those two worlds are merging. So. Yeah, they just Ooh. need to find a fucking island somewhere and like do their thing about gender inequality. And I, I just one, I'm one fucking tired of it. One what? commenter on my Here's website put it this way: This document, this is a white supremacist document built on doublespeak. No, oh, that's th- that person is the smartest person on this podcast. <laughs> yes, it's a. Yep. Did you kick my dog? I did. Oh my god! Also, can we talk about the finger that you do at me when <laughs> <laughs> the middle finger no. whenever you? <laughs> no, it's when you're telling me something that's kind of long, and you know it's going to get crazy at the end. <laughs> but I start reacting in the middle, and you're like, "No, no, no! <laughs> it's going to get weirder. <laughs> you don't want to waste your it's anger." My way on to this let part. you know your place, you know. <laughs> um. Here's my question. Why do they give a fuck about traditional gender roles in the home? Because anything uh, that demolishes those gender roles is making baby Jesus cry. Oh, I forgot about baby Jesus. Yeah. So they want to keep the roles. They don't like the idea that women think it's cool to work outside the home because then you're not taking care of the babies. It's really cool, though. Yeah, they don't like the idea that some Christian churches are allowing women to be leaders or pastors because that goes against what... But that's the thing. Because there's a purity test for the Bible, and their interpretation of it is the only one that counts, and even Christians who disagree with it or they look at other verses that contradict the first verses, are doing it wrong, and therefore you're the reason uh, people like us are getting ahead. Is it like a litmus test thing of how how close to the Bible can I live my life, and therefore I'm better? Yeah, uh, yes, I think that's accurate. And the thing is, as many other Christians will say, 
you're interpreting and cherry picking certain verses. hundred percent. And plenty of Christians will say you're doing it wrong because this is a more nuanced explanation of what's going on. Right. And it says your interpretation of it is just flat out wrong. It's not that we're biblically impure or we're, sure. we're bending it. We think we're interpreting it correctly. And it's just different from what you think yeah, it is. I that's think the that, argument. Yeah, I think that's the reason that I don't know that I could ever understand religious arguments. Because when you talk, like, I know it's fucking well-trod upon uh, turf, but, like, in the same thing that says men shouldn't lie with men as with a woman, they talk about shellfish and <laughs> blending fabrics. And I just don't understand. And they will quickly tell you, here's why we don't pay attention to those. They have a stock answer for why they don't Which pay is, attention to those. Which is, do you know? God, Jesus came and wiped away those rules. They don't count well, anymore. What the fuck then? Unless he came except out with a the, revised except edition. Except the ones in the same book that version said Version 2.0. Like, it's the New Testament. It's f- <laughs> stupid. You know that's stupid. It was a bad <laughs> joke. I'm mad at you. Um, I have some things. Yes. I would like to talk about them. Go. Uh, so, I don't know. I actually don't want to go too deep into this, but um, a Texas pastor... Um, was carrying on a relationship with a 16-year-old girl. He was thankfully caught. The girl came forward um, to the police, and the police believed her. It was, like, oh. for a really shitty situation. This this man obviously, obviously took advantage of her for almost a year. Um, but she, like, she did her fucking... She brought the receipts. She came and had pictures and texts wow. and things like that. Um, so he, uh, this 52-year-old man... Uh, Timothy Urban, um, he was in uh, Van Alstine. I practiced saying that. I don't think I did mm-hmm. good in, in Texas. Um, so apparently, in the summer of uh, 2015, he started flirting with the 16-year-old girl. It it evolved into it escalated, I guess, into inappropriate touching, into oral sex. They almost always did it in a church or some sort of vehicle. Um, and so the victim, who's unnamed because she was a minor at the time, I don't know if she still is, um, she turned over hundreds of videos and photos and texts, which I have a lot of respect for her for being that present. Um, so when she was in the police station, she, um, like she was telling, explaining them what happened, and they said, can you text him right now? She texted him and said that she felt disturbed about the relationship, and he responded. By the way, again, this guy's 52 years old. Uh And he was like, he said that he felt absolutely horrible, and he never meant to hurt her. Oh, wow. So he's the real victim here. Anyway, Pastor Scott Holcomb McLean wouldn't speak on camera to this uh, news outlet, but um, they did. Again, this is all garbage, but... They did immediately suspend him. The church is offering counseling to anybody who is involved. So they're trying to do their best. But I don't know. Like, yeah, of course this happened. This happens all the time and it is happening all the time. And like, yes, they responded to the right way, but what could they have done? Yeah, like, I, I really don't know. Nobody don't... noticed a 50-year-old dude was fucking a 16-year-old. Nobody noticed that. Yeah. Nobody was like, hmm, they're spending a lot of time together alone in the church at night. I'm willing to give the church itself some slack when one pastor Why? goes rogue, but depending on how they handle it, if they're handling it this way... If this shit is going this... on for a year, people know. Do they, I'm sorry, do, they? do you think 16-year-olds are sneaky used to teach them? 
are they sneaking? the kids. I'm wondering about, but but oh, I'm that wondering guy's an about idiot. He definitely left. Like, no, I'm wondering how many of the other people like in some churches this stuff comes back to the church leaders somehow. Yeah, maybe the kids talk, but maybe the guy confesses to somebody, and then they don't do anything. That's a bigger issue. No, it definitely is. In this is. case, it sounds like the first time they heard that this was happening, maybe, they took I would, action. I, I hope would, that's the case. I would push back and say the first time that it came public, they yeah, did something. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know the answer. Because I'm sorry. I, maybe I'm a cynic, but I just refuse to believe that a 50-year-old man and a 16-year-old girl were carrying on a year-long affair. So it didn't happen. Nobody. It didn't really happen in my school so much, as in like I worked at a high school for a lot. So if there was, you, you hear these stories all the time oh, of sure. a teacher and a student, and I work with teachers at other schools, mm-hmm. and I've heard stories and like how it messes up everybody yeah. psychologically when this stuff goes public and everyone learns about it. But what they say is like even for the adults, when this stuff has been going on for a while no one knew maybe the kids really uh, maybe some of the kids friends but like it didn't come back to any of the adults and certainly no one uh, at the school yeah. knew because they have no obligation to the religious side of sure. things like they would have taken action but they really didn't know the question is the second you do find out what do you do about it and that's what you hope you hope they take action quickly most schools that i've ever seen in the news right they, they pretty much do what they're supposed to do in those situations mm-hmm. there's a there's a protocol for that sort of thing yeah but I, so i don't know that in this case with the church okay this guy did this thing this horrible thing i don't know who else at the church knew and if this is the first time they heard about it and they took quick action to get rid of the guy and provide help for people who may have been infected. I mean, that's given the benefit of the doubt. Do you that think is, they've earned it that? Is, it is totally true. So I hope that's the case. I don't know if that's the yeah. case. Let me go to something totally different, um, just because this is relevant to our neck of the woods. And really, I don't know how much it affects <laughs> That's what everybody other people around the world the wants to hear from us. But uh, American Atheists, American Atheists, who uh, they got rid of Dave Silverman yep. a few months ago, um, they announced that they have a new president to take his spot. They had an interim president. Oh, did they president. name him or her? They named Nick Fish, who has worked with the organization for several years. Okay. I've, I've worked with him for, like, he'll send me press releases. I've gone to him for comment, for stories. Always quick, always easy to work with. I have zero problem with Nick. He's okay. a good guy. Um, and I think he'll do a fine job as the president of American Atheists. I have no problem with that. Um, one thing that is worth mentioning, mm-hmm. and it's not, about Nick. Nick is fine. The hope is he'll he'll do all the stuff Dave Silverman was doing right without all the stuff he wasn't, uh-huh. right? Um, one thing they did not do is they didn't pick someone who was outside that stereotypical mold of what an atheist looks like. And is this is he something... a white guy? He is a white guy. Okay. And this is the thing. Like, I, I hate this idea that anyone would criticize him for something that's out of his control. Yeah. You can't attack him for being... And I think he's, he's openly gay, which is something that's... Yeah, no one, I would no argue... one seems to mention that. Oh, okay. Um, well, but that's, that's interesting. I but, feel like a step... A big step in the right direction. Uh, yeah. I mean, just knowing American atheist leadership history... Um, I don't know what their orientations are, and, but the and point I, is, and like, I don't, I cool. don't pretend to know. I, I mean, David Silverman was president was of American for as long as I yeah, was before on the him. Scene. But they've had women in the past. Madeline sure. Murray O'Hare, of course, founded the yes, organization. Yes, 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 yes. Ellen Johnson was the president for many years before Dave Silverman, and they've had, uh, and then they had Dave. There's a couple other people in there for short stints, but then, uh, so fine. Again, Nick is great. 
I have no problem with Nick. I do know, because this was making circles on Facebook and in my circles anyway, which is that, oh, they had some, uh, they had at least one person, two people I know of who applied who were women. One of them was a black woman. Mm -hmm. They're both really great activists and they didn't get the job. And I want to make it clear, there are a bunch of things that go into these discussions of why someone should get the job over somebody else Can you actually, and all that. Yeah. I, I think for, for my sake and for listeners' yeah. sake, I don't know what a president, uh, like, mm. what does this job, so for what me, does it entail? What, what I knew about Dave Silverman is he was, like, on Bill O'Reilly once, and, mm. like, I, I don't I don't know what, what it means to be a president sure. of something like that. No, it's a fair question. So there's a few things. If you're the president of American Atheists, or in other words, a kind of mid-sized nonprofit sure. group that does activism work, the, there's some few big things you got to be able to do besides just taking care of a staff and making sure you're filling out the budget correctly and working with the board to advance the group's mission. Uh, the couple things in this case is, are you good with the media? Because you're going to have to do a lot of it. Right. Dave obviously knew how to get media attention and do projects that would get For media sure. attention and appear. And it wasn't just Bill O'Reilly. He appeared on a lot of Fox yeah. News segments and panel discussions and when we had the luxury, when we had the luxury to talk about religion on the news and have fights about that instead of Trump all the time, yeah. he was on there a lot. Um, so, can you go toe to toe on mm. live television? That in this case, or even local news, that's one thing. Do you have the media presence? Well, for that? Are you comfortable on screen? Anyone who watches yes. Park and Rec, Parks and Rec. Did you ever watch no. Parks and Rec? Okay, it's well, TV. Ben. Uh, okay, that's fine. It's <laughs> people. I mean, it's just. Ben is Leslie's husband, and he freaks out on TV. It's fine. Oh, yeah. I was just and trying to bring some it. levity to this very I will shitty false laugh, show. so yes. Let's there hear it. you go. Ha! Okay, Good. do better <laughs> for fucking once in your life. So, media presence is big in a job like this. Yeah. Other stuff you got to be able to do. Are you able to fundraise? Because a lot of what any president of a nonprofit does is you're traveling, and you're speaking about the organization, and you're trying to raise money for your organization. Right. So can you get along with the big donors to your organization? Can you solicit money from other people mm -hmm. by saying, look, this is the work we're doing. I this mean, is why it's important. This, this is why, why it's important. This is where your money should go. And it's different from, say, the Patreon pitches you might hear from podcasters or bloggers because it's an individual thing versus we're an organization sure. that's doing things across the nation we're for a lot of organization, you and I. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, sorry. when you're saying we're a national group, we get this media attention, we want to do these This is the work projects. we're doing. This is the good we're doing. Can you sell that to donors and, and make them want to help you out? I mean, we saw the ACLU is a great example of it. After Trump got elected, they're like, we're, we're the roadblocks to a lot of the stuff he wants to do. And they what if their got donations a, triple or oh, something? It was way more than that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I've definitely and they've been going on a hiring spree with lawyers all across the country, yeah. which is fantastic. That's what they should be doing. Um, and then just you know, interpersonal communications. Can you work with other atheist organizations since you're in the same boat doing a lot of the same stuff? Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of people who could do that job really well. Yeah. But there are other things like, do you know the people who are a part of the organization? Do you know the donors really well? Um, in American Atheist case specifically, are you a firebrand? Are you someone yeah. who's really willing to say, you know, fuck religion in a way that's media savvy? Because they're not the happy humanist, we, let's all get along and we just want to fight for our seat at the table. 100%. They want to flip the fucking table. Yeah. And Dave was good at that. And He's very good at that's it. a question too. So again, I, I am not privy to their conversations over why they picked person X over person Y, but, but there were good candidates for this. So... 
I would never say Nick is bad because he's not, you know, a woman. Diver- or diverse. He's, he's not that. He's not a diverse person. Diverse. No, don't, don't be mad at him for that. And I've seen people be mad online saying like, oh, how dare they not pick person X, Y, or Z. And why did they pick this? Because this guy's really good. Yeah. That's not a problem. But here is what I would like for him to address. Um, there are some issues that I think I would really... I'm not asking for a yes or no answer from him. Okay. I'm, ask, I'm not even asking for an answer now. Uh-huh. But as he works in this position, here's what I really want to see him address. I want to know what he's going to do to help elevate women mm-hmm. within the organization itself yes. and within the broader atheist community. Because when you're the president of American Atheists, the group founded by Madeline Murray O'Hare, mm-hmm. I think you have some clout to be able to say, like, at your convention or your organization, this is what we're doing to elevate voices that need to be heard yep. because atheists are diverse. I want to know what he's doing to make atheism more acceptable to people of color. Mm-hmm. And I'll give you an example of this. Uh, one of the things Silverman did is they put up billboards in certain parts of New Jersey and maybe another state that were in different languages that said, if you're an atheist, we're here for you. Here's some information. I'm paraphrasing that. But they put it in Arabic. <laughs> they put it in really? one of, uh, maybe in uh, Hebrew, like specifically for those communities saying, if you're on the fence or having doubts, uh-huh. we got your back. Come chat with us or yeah. something. But that's interesting, like reaching out beyond the bubble, right? So what are you doing to make atheism more palatable? Because people of color uh, have different issues. They have cultural obstacles they have to 100%, overcome. 100%, 100%. And what are you doing to give them platforms to to enhance the stuff they're saying? Because mm-hmm. we need more voices like that. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the even in the media, when they talk about atheists, they go to the same stock group of people. And I want to know, like, it would be nice if they went to a variety of people. Can you put can you put more diverse faces in front of people? Yes. Because I mean And when you're an organization, even one that runs an annual convention, you have the power to do that. Yeah. So even I mean, it's definitely true that we talked about this last week. The majority of atheists slash atheist activists are white, straight, you know, cis hat dudes. Yeah. Um but I mean, I think that makes it all the more important to make sure that other people's voices are are amplified because... When you have the power to do that. Because even in the most cynical way I can think of, it's an untapped market, right? Like, if you're trying to dig into people who aren't, like, white guys who will argue with you in a bar about whether or not Jesus was real or whatever. Like we've got those dudes. Like they're, they're in our, we've got a lot of those we've people. Got all of them. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I would love, I would love to see them try to do things like no all male panels. That would make me super, sure. super happy. Like little things. I think things they've like, gotten better. I mean, not just, no, a, I, this is, this is, I'm sorry. This is not me criticizing them specifically. I'm just trying to like... In general. In general, because I feel like there's... I think there's a Twitter feed or a Facebook thing that I follow or something like that that's just like all-male panels and it's just like (laughs) four white dudes talking (laughs) about... Like there's literally been like four white dudes talk about the problem with hiring women. Like (laughs) how come they haven't cracked the case? Like things like that. That if you make a specific point to include diverse voices, it is not only good for that group it's good for you as a whole mm-hmm. and it it represents more of america and there thereby 
strengthens those of us who strengthens who, who the need whole community and reaches out further into communities where you know people of color are very in certain parts of the country the black community is very much tied into the church and if they don't have that they don't have a community can or we rural help those people, people? Uh, or rural in southern people. US where they're isolated and they feel like they're mm-hmm. the only ones they need special you know you need to talk to them in a special way too because they right. need different resources um, as the, it's cliche, but yeah, rising tide lifts all boats, yes. right? So help those oh, other... that's boats. a Reaganomics thing, but that's Whatever fine. Whatever it is. Um, <laughs> I want to know if their uh, American atheists will support social justice initiatives. Um, so what Do are you... Do you think it's yeah. the role of, of American atheists to align itself with a liberal... Was, uh, so this is my oh, next question. I, Dave Silverman did a thing that was controversial, even among atheists, which is that he went to CPAC, the super conservative conference, because he Every said... Every year he went. Uh, a few years, oh, two I or three. Oh, I thought he went regularly. And he said, I want to reach out to conservative atheists who are not the religious right conservatives, but there are a lot of conservatives who are like, oh, Reaganomics, whatever. But they're atheists. They're yeah. not the religious right. And what do you think about that? I understood why he was doing it, but that particular conference, you're attracting yeah, a breed of people. Yeah, fucking miss me with CPAC. Like, I yeah. don't want to have any of those people as part there of There are government. other conservative conferences that draw in people who are more interested in, like, <laughs> economic policy or whatever. CPAC is a different story, but... CPAC got you more attention. Oh, my God. That's why he and, went. And that's valuable, right? Like, getting that, your name on headlines is a good thing. Didn't Samantha B do a whole segment on atheists at CPAC? She did. At the beginning, when her show first premiered, they did. They talked to, huh. to them. But the point is, are you going to reach out to conservatives? What about atheists who oppose, quote, unquote, radical feminism? What about atheists who are they pro- They personally fight me. <laughs> what about atheists <laughs> who are pro-life? Like, I guess the question is... Where does American atheists draw the line in the sand for where the tent goes? Yeah. How big of a tent are you going to make this? There's a specific this? reason that neither of us applied for that particular job because I have <laughs> no idea what the right... Because to, I don't know what the right answer no, is. No, because to me, when we were talking about intersectionality before, the rights of non-believers to be accepted and represented in our country is as important to me as women and people of color and, and, and LGBTQ people. Like... And All of that, like, I can't separate that. So if I'm running American Atheist, I'm like, listen, y'all, we're running left as far and fast <laughs> as we can. See you later. And I don't know if that's what you want an organization necessarily I, to be doing. Now, if you're like the American Humanist Association, where you say these are the values we yeah. uphold, so a woman's right to choose is something we deeply care about. Yeah. They can draw that line in the sand. But yeah. when you're American Atheist, you're not saying, here is the list of things that the political values or the cultural yeah. values we hold and th- there's and room for conservatives in a lot of respects but i don't know how big you want to make that tent necessarily yeah and i don't know that that's a question that gets a resolution and i have i would have a lot of problems and if is they there an answer to people. it like there's no right or wrong answer it and, and i think well maybe putting, there is well, well, putting this particular guy in charge maybe is give leading them into the direction like what his instincts are is the direction that the community I, wants to go in, there right? There's a conversation I had. Oh and my. all people don't need to be all things, right? right? Like right. everything, like the humanists, if the atheists want to be more atheist forward and less left-leaning forward, right. that is, there is a place for that in the community. Right. I don't need everything to be like my brand of but see now, let's, aggressive liberalism. <laughs> if 
if they hired a super anti-abortion person who happened to be an atheist as one of their leaders... I would shit my pants. Right? So that's that's a fair question that I don't know that's the answer to. That's a very to. good point. Um, I did not consider that. And the thing is, like, I do follow on social media for the purposes of writing about them. Like, I do follow pro-life atheists yeah. who make arguments that I think are horrible. Well, we've had them on the show. We've had them on the show, too. And it's like, well, okay, there's a question of... Do you, as simple as, would you let them man a table at your conference if they paid money like everyone oh, else does. Them. They can suck my dick. There you go. So that's a Am question. Am I a fun person to be around or not? I can't tell sometimes. Well, here's the question. How how big of a tent? Because I've uh, this is a conversation I've I, actually I had with know. a politician. This is uh, Brandon Finney, who is a New Hampshire state legislator. I hope I got all that right. But he was a Republican and then he switched parties and he became independent. He's still in the state house. Hmm. I think he's a libertarian, something like that. But wait, 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 the point wait, is, wait. Is he a white guy? He is. And the point is, <laughs> you don't say. he said, he's like, I was trying to uh, do X, Y, or Z, but I wasn't getting much traction yeah. with atheist groups because they didn't really want to support him because of his politics. It's like, well, I can understand that. Because you're not a Democrat or liberal right now. Right. But at the same time, And this why? is also a really tricky time yeah. to not be liberal in the atheist so, or LGBTQ space. You're totally right. So this goes back to the question of if you're the president of American Atheists, one thing I'm and really wanting to know is how big are you going to make this tent? I don't know what the right answer is, but I could see a lot of potentially wrong ones. <laughs> like, so okay, if 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 Hammett Meta is the new president yeah, of American Atheist, yeah. which is just a matter of time, sure, right? And I'm your VP, sure. Is that a? Do you get paid for that job? No. Okay, <laughs> the, I'm gonna keep my day job. VP <laughs> of Patriotic <laughs> Activities, go on. What what do you think is the right thing to do, or have you, or do you know? I mean, I mean, obviously we don't know. I think there is a way to go about it, which is to say we don't take a stance on issues that have nothing to do with atheism on paper. That we are not a pro-abortion rights group necessarily, even though pretty much all of us are in support of abortion rights. But that's but as not a group, the hill we're going to die on. That's not the hill we're going to die on. We yeah, might work with sense. them on certain issues if they match up with what we are trying to accomplish. Right. So as a church-state issue, we want the church out of women's lives. I think that's a fair argument yeah. to make, but at the same time, we're not going to say no to, to anti-abortion atheists who have a secular argument against it. It's not an issue that we're focusing on. By the way, every group has to do this because every group is can't be all things. Sure, you absolutely have to draw And by the line. way, the ACLU, just because I've been reading about them lately, has had the same issues where the Charlottesville protest, they defended the, the no, neo-Nazi ACLU group. No, ACLU has famously uh, defended um, KKK. Right. Like, their right to march. Their right and to march. And they're like, no, we hate what they stand for, but they have a right to do it. And the question is, what hills are you going <sighs> to die on? That's the question they're answering. So the point is, Nick's going to have to figure this shit out. And I don't know what his answer is, but I that, that's an interesting conversation to have. A yeah. couple other quick things that I would like Nick to answer. I'm really curious. I've seen a lot of backlash just to his appointment. And none of them have anything bad about him per se. Okay. It's more that, oh, they chose a white guy. So I'm really curious. Is there anybody in particular who got quote unquote shafted, or yes. is it? Yes, are and we talk I'm about not that interested person? in okay. talking about right. them only because uh, it's not just one person. I mean, anytime you're up for a big job, there's a lot of people who aren't going to get it, and some of them, 
you want to know, like, they seem really good on paper. What is sure. it that, why didn't they get the job? And the only thing I would say is, as someone who's not in the room when they're making these decisions, you don't know what the conversations were like. It's mm-hmm. very possible they discussed a million different things. 100%. It's possible they had a lot of other options yeah. um, that they discussed. And to just say, well, they totally ignored this person. No, you don't know that they did. So I don't like That's those fair, conversations. But you also always have to ask, did this corporation, did this the, this organization earn the benefit of the doubt? I think is a... It's and a I don't question. know the answer, and I don't think you mm-hmm. do either. But no. like... There is no right answer between like, oh, they fucking ignore that person and fuck them versus, oh, they definitely gave them their consideration. Let me go to like Democrats for a second. Sorry, are I've you going to throw Dottie's busy bee? Or... Hi, Dottie. Um, no, I've heard this conversation with Democrats too when I've heard people toss around like Joe Biden's name. It's like Joe Biden is awesome when he talks about stuff. I love he listening to Joe Biden. He has a tricky past. He has a tricky past. He's also a white guy. He's also older. He's also part of the establishment there. And it's like, yeah, but he's really good, too. I would not have a problem if he turned out to be the candidate, even if I have some problems with his past. Yes. But the question is, like, there are people who are just like, what? It's him? Therefore, I'm out. But they did that with Hillary. They do that with everybody. Oh, my God. There are people who hate whoever it is because it's not their person. Of course. Those people shouldn't be making those decisions. You get your vote. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. But again, the... In this case, one other thing I wanted to know about Nick is oh, how do you address how do you address the atheists who are looking for a more drastic change in leadership? Because it's I I don't know off the top of my head if any of the larger atheist organizations have had a person of color in charge. A lot of them have had women, yeah, but I don't know that they've had a person. Of color. So, um, is this uh, is what you're implying? Not implying it is what you're asking a reflex of David Silverman and his. It actually doesn't have much to do with Silverman. I think we're Silverman, just looking for a change in uh, a change into the guard. Yeah, and it, it's not even about Nick so much. It's American atheists. It's a group that has a historical weight to it because of what it did and sure. what it stands for. And if it's the one that I mean, there was an article in the Washington Post this week calling Silverman an atheist leader who's speaking. Who they talked to Dave Silverman about after all the stuff that happened, mm-hmm. but they called him an atheist leader. And whether that's justified or not, that's untrue. It's the reason he has that title is because he was the president of American atheists. Yeah. That when you're that title, when you have that role, it's a big deal when it comes to the media and who they talk to for viewpoints from atheists. Well, because despite the fact that we're a not insignificant chunk of the population, because of the nature of atheism, there aren't, like church leaders yeah, in atheism. No, you go to random groups that yeah. maybe represent more than just N- one person. Sienna never calls me to ask my opinion on a thing, which is <laughs> right. weird. Right. And, um, and same thing too. And I, I, I've been doing this stuff publicly for years. They usually don't ask me either. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're the head of an organization. You've been on CNN though, right? Occasionally I've done You're some stuff. Fuck. Occasionally I've done some stuff, but it doesn't happen regularly. Sure. And the thing is, and if you're, you're the not head of a group, go-to. I'm not the go-to at all. Yeah. And that's that's fine. That happens. The, but if you're the head of a big organization you're with a big be. budget, yeah, you're going to be. So you got to be prepared for that stuff. So anyway, those are questions I'd like to see him address, and I'm curious how he plans to address them. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, there are things he should be thinking about. Um, also things like service projects, because American Atheists did that at their convention, like packing food and doing more volunteer work, mm-hmm. saying, look, we can be good without God. That was good. Sure. I hope he continues that. Yeah, and listen, I, I like the, the button I want to put on this is like, 
we, I think I can speak for both of us. We wish him the best. Like we, we want good things for American atheists. It's an extraordinarily prominent group. It's a convention. We've both attended. Their convention is one we've both attended before. Mm -hmm. I think this guy is in a very precarious spot and I hope for the best. I'm not, I am not looking for this dude to fail. I'm not hoping for that. Right. So I'm gonna move to something totally different. God, how long have we been recording? Way too Years? long. That's okay. This is this one is interesting to me. I think <laughs> it's worth it. Does that mean it's definitely not interested it's in totally not interesting or to anybody else. any of our listeners? <laughs> oh, who's here's a question for you. Yeah. Who's the most famous Jehovah's Witness in the country? Living. Jehovah. Try again. Most Je- living believer of Jehovah, like practice sh- practitioner. Oh, of the witnesses. The most famous Jehovah's Witness. There's a kid who went was in my kindergarten <laughs> class, and we weren't allowed to celebrate his birthday. Is, he, is that him? It is him. Who like, is I think I don't you know. can make I an argument. I honestly fucking don't know. Maybe you can make an argument that Prince was. <gasps> he was a Jehovah's Witness. Was he? Yes. I forgot Michael about Jackson that. was temporarily for a little while. Michael Jackson made a lot of choices. He made a lot of choices. But the most famous one right now who actually talks about it, I think, arguably, Serena Williams. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. Serena Williams is a Jehovah Witness? Yes. Jehovah's In fact, she was Hemet. on TV this week. Hemant, you could have said any name, and I would have been less shocked than I am right now. <laughs> I had no idea. After she wins tournaments, she she's often says... She's isn't she? She is, and she's Jehovah's Witness. And they... She even says after she wins tournaments, like, I want to thank Jehovah. It's one of the first things she says. She actually said in People Magazine this week, her baby just turned one year old. Uh-huh. And she they doesn't celebrate the birthday. They celebrate that. And they, she said, that's because it's my religion. Because she's a Jehovah's Witness. They don't celebrate birthdays. Have the it. Bible doesn't say you're supposed to celebrate birthdays. I had so there no you idea. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. She just made this statement about, well, we don't celebrate birthdays because we're Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> brain is exploding. Uh, here's the thing. And uh, my friend Lloyd Evans, who's been a Jehovah's Witness watchdog for a really long time, he's uh-huh. a former believer himself. He's been disfellowshipped. He's been kicked out of the, the group. Um, here's the question that he proposed, which is like, how much of a Jehovah's Witness is she? Because she's almost like a, she's not baptized into the religion. So technically, she's not a believer. I don't like where this is going. Where but are we going But she with this? says it. The question is, are you a Jehovah's Witness? Because she says she is, and she says things like, I don't celebrate the birthdays. What? I but, mean... but there's a lot of things she says and does that actually violate Jehovah's Witness rules. It, I'm gonna. I want to be on on the record here. It makes me uncomfortable to question somebody else's like self-identifying um, religious beliefs. I have no such. No, no, no. Go, no. Do I'm gonna do, keep doing it. You do you. <laughs> yeah. I will still be your sidekick, but I just want to make it very clear that you're like, uncomfortable with the conversation. I am as not it. happy with where here's, this is going. Here's what Lloyd brought up that I thought. Uh, made some points. She's posed provocatively for magazines and wearing athletic gear. She sells athletic gear. Again, fine. I don't want to care. Be extreme and clear. Not comfortable with this conversation. That's all right. Go ahead. Um, it's fine if she does it. Yeah. But Jehovah's Witnesses, the leaders of the Jehovah's Witnesses, have specifically told believers, like, you can't even wear yoga pants because it'll make men lust after you. Why do I do yoga? So you don't. It's <laughs> satanic. I don't know. Uh, she's spoken out in support of LGBTQ rights. 
the Jehovah's Witnesses are very much anti-LGBTQ. She's mm-hmm. urged girls to pursue their dreams. Jehovah's Witnesses don't want you to go to college. Like, they actively tell you not to do that. She's excelled in sports, obviously. Yeah. And the Jehovah's Witnesses are like, no, no, no. Sports distract from you actively pursuing God. We, they actually have put out videos that they show all their believers of a guy who said I could have been a tennis star or a track star or something, but it was taking me away from God, so I quit, and I'm a better person now. Yeah, dude, like, I super bet you're going to go to the Olympics if yeah. your religion get in the way. So the thing is, like, her decisions white men. are fine. She could do whatever the hell she wants, and all these decisions she's making I have no problem with. Yeah. But there's a reason, I think, Jehovah's Witnesses, they don't say anything about her, partly because she's not baptized. She's not one of them, yeah. technically. But she does violate a lot of stuff. So the question is, like, she's considered Jehovah's Witness. She says she's a Jehovah's Witness. A lot of the stuff she does violates what they do. I don't know where you go with that, because there are some controversial things that Jehovah's Witnesses believe in. Yeah. And if she's this advocate for them, or she's willing to talk about it. She doesn't say, don't ask me about my religion, it's personal. She says, I'm talking about it. Do you bring it up with her? Do you ask her what she says about it and thinks about it? Or do you say like, hey, they said this horrible thing about gay people. What do you think about that? Is this a fair question to ask Serena Williams ever? Hmm. Especially in maybe a longer profile of her, a longer interview, not just after a game. No, I I, I do understand the idea of like, if you align yourself with a religion, you align yourself with their beliefs, Mm because that's what it means to be part of that religion. That's I'll give you an example that's not her, not Jehovah's Witnesses. Stephen Colbert, famously Catholic. Catholic talks about Catholicism all the time. He doesn't hide it. It is a part of who he is. He jokes about it. But at the same time, when the Catholic Church is in the news for doing horrible stuff... He's not leading with those jokes. Or is he? I don't know. Watch the show. He addresses them. Does he? He comments on it. He's very open saying, like, that's horrible. He has no problem saying that. And when he's had people like Ricky Gervais on who call him out on his belief in religion... He'll fight back with them. He'll debate them. It's fine. I hope in the future we can have better representatives than the Ricky Gervais. Like, I like Ricky Gervais <laughs> a lot. I don't need him to be the, the head atheist of But the he's world on anymore. the show. So, and yes. he's the only one of the few guys who's, no, other I, than Bill Maher, who will ugh. bring it up with Colbert. <laughs> Sorry. Who will go on the show. I, I understood what you were getting at. But it's like those two guys, if they appear on a show, they will go after him on religion, whereas a movie star or a TV star won't. No, sure. And so the thing is, Colbert defends it. Or he'll say, you're right about this criticism. It is weird, or I take it on faith. I mean, listen, Colbert also speaks Elvish, so like... We can talk about Colbert. No, I'm I'm honestly a huge what? Stephen Colbert fan. I think he's extremely funny. Also, I think he has a... There's a reason he does what he does. He's extraordinarily good at talking with somebody who maybe doesn't agree with him without yeah. being combative. combative. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is. I have no problem with... Like, no, he's If he's great. your Catholic representative... And he's fucking hella liberal if you follow him on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he is. And so... And I think he's, they've asked him this in interviews and newspaper articles about him because he's clearly pro-LGBTQ rights. He's, he seems pro-choice. He is pro-choice, I think. That's not in doubt. Sure. But those beliefs go against the Catholic Church. And he's addressed that discrepancy mm-hmm. in interviews. And I think it's fair to ask him about that because he's saying all this stuff like, I am Catholic. I'm proud of being Catholic. I love the Catholic Church. I was an altar boy. Whatever it is that he says. Yeah. 
he's kind of a walking advertisement for them. Mm -hmm. And so I think when you are in a public position and you're making that a part of your character Uh, or your public profile. Yes, he's like a billboard for them, but he's not following most of their teachings. Well, so so that's a fair thing to bring up with him. Why don't you follow all of their teaching? And by the way, he's not alone. A lot of Catholics don't follow Catholics. Oh, of course. So when it comes back to Serena Williams, if you're talking about your faith... This is this seems like fair game for questions. But 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 and it's not that I'm just protective of Serena Williams for no specific reason. <laughs> I just think she's great. She's an athlete. Stephen Colbert is a personality. And I think those are extremely different things. But Tim Tebow could be called on for his Christianity and plenty of baseball players and athletes. They wear their religion on their sleeves. They talk about it all the time in interviews. And okay. I think as okay, soon as they fair. start doing that, and this applies to someone like Steph Curry, who I believe is super Christian. Oh, is he? I think because he talks about it. Some, I could be wrong. But like, there are plenty of athletes at the highest levels of their sport who the first thing they say in interview is, I thank God. And every time I hear that, I'm just like, well, what if you lost? Like, right? You always want them to answer of course, that question. That's always But the... when they're talking about how deep their faith is and how they go to church and how they are deep, like a Tim Tebow type who's super conservative Christian, then your beliefs are fair game to ask about. But I don't think anybody challenged Tim Tebow on his, like, Christian beliefs. No, not, do you think anybody said, like, Tim Tebow, you say you're Christian, but, but you're not here are some things that you did, and that's what I'm hearing for Serena Williams. That's not so the I, question I want to ask. Okay. It, the question I would ask Tim Tebow is, okay, you're an evangelical Christian, uh-huh. which I don't think he would... That's what he identifies as. Sure. Okay, well, your beliefs, as stated by your church that you go to, are that transgender say, people don't exist. So how do you feel about that? What do you think about that? Yeah. That, to me, is a fair question. No, With you're Serena right. Williams, it's, okay, if you're a Jehovah's Witness and you're cool talking about it, I think we should be able to ask you questions about that. Yes. Because I, you're the most, you're the biggest billboard for the religion, and you make it look good because of how popular you are yeah. and because well, of I, how famous you are. Then by all means, we should be able to challenge you yeah. on some of your beliefs. If I'm going to be honest about myself, I think I am. I am personally conflating the idea of nobody deserves to be challenged by this in the public space or whatever versus my utter disinterest in somebody else's religious beliefs. Like I uh, wouldn't care about it if it was uh, whatever. And, and that's what I'm doing Another in my head. Like athlete? if somebody asks Serena Williams about her religion, I'm like, I don't give a fuck about her religion. But you're right. If you are teeing up these sort of beliefs, uh, yes. As if they're a good thing, too. I'm not interested in her political views. I'm not interested in her uh, uh, social issues sure. views because she doesn't talk about a lot of those things publicly. Mm-hmm. But when she opens the door to saying, like, here's my faith, it's a good thing, she should be challenged on it. I, you're yeah, making it. Yes a, and no. It a thing. Like Again. Tiger, Tiger Woods. I have no idea what his religious beliefs are because I don't think I've ever heard him talking about faith being a big part of his life. So I don't think like if he or I, I don't even know what his political views are off the top of my head. Yeah. I so I'm not either. interested in his views on politics or religion or anything like that. Yeah. But if he walked around all day and he had like a Bible verse that he quoted every when he was in a tournament or he wore something on a shirt that was like a cross thing. Sure. Now, now you're saying this is something I want to talk about. I'm inviting these questions. Yes. So anyway, that was the thing that he brought up, which is that she does a lot of things that violate what Jehovah's witnesses teach other people. Yes. And he's fine with it because 
what she's promoting is fine. It's either her decision <laughs> or they're good ideas. Yeah. I mean, mm. I, I, I think what it comes down to for, and I think maybe it's just sort of this uh, kind of realm I occupy that a lot of people like to tell me their religious background and their, you know, this is how I grew up with the religion. And that's not to say that those are important stories that like you have for yourself. But for me, somebody telling me about their religious belief is the most boring thing you can say <laughs> to me. And so, like, to me, I don't get, like, uh, Tim Tebow is Christian. Like, fucking What fine. about politicians, though, right? Like, if Well, you're... politicians are different because if they are stating that I am basing my vote on yes. my Catholic views or my Christian views or my Baptist views or whatever... It affects all of that us. That affects me. I don't give a fuck what Tim Tebow does in, in the end zone. Does he go to the end zone? He's a quarterback. Probably not that <laughs> not much. Not enough. <laughs> and that's why he's not playing. Take that. Fucking in, take that, but Tim in Tebow's, Tebow. But in Tebow's case, he's not making laws per se, but he was in a commercial for Focus on the Family that aired in the Super Bowl. That's, but that's his right. That's his oh, no, I'm right. not challenging no, no, his no, right no, to right. do it. I know I'm you're saying, not. But like, well, if you're going to appear in a commercial for them, let's talk about Focus on the Family and the horrible stuff yeah. they do. You're advocating for them, so let's talk about it. I guess my thing is... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bring <laughs> it. I don't care if you're on the Mets now. I just did like a suck my dick gesture at me. I didn't like it. <laughs> I guess... Ugh. I'm, I think not only do I find somebody's individual religious beliefs not especially interesting, but like, can you think of a lease uh, of a less good, <laughs> of a worse time? A native English speaker would say a worse <laughs> time. I said less good than in the locker room after a game to be like, hey, Tim Tebow, are you a raging homophobe? Can you give me a nuanced opinion on what you and your church believe in? I don't know. It's I not just, what I would ask him after just, a game. I guess I don't understand like why we care about athletes. Because they're influencing the culture. Yeah, because you're right. they they are the people everyone's paying attention to. Yeah. Even if I wish they wouldn't. Because like, no, their opinions are not as important as the politicians. Yeah. But if they're the walking billboards for Jehovah's Witnesses, and, no, and right. here's the thing, here's another reason. If she is what people think of when they think of Jehovah's Witnesses, that's a problem. Because then you get the idea that, oh, Jehovah's Witnesses are pretty good people. Yeah. And the beliefs themselves are horrible. And that's something yeah, that, that I've been talking about. That couldn't come to my birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of people have been trying to say, like, no, they're abusive. They hurt people. Their yep. beliefs are tr- just this week. The Jehovah's Witnesses said in their recent newsletter that the Watchtower, yep. they said that women in abusive relationships should stay in them yes. because by staying in them, you might help your husband get closer to God. Okay, to here's, Jehovah. Here's my pushback. Yeah, and I'm not saying you're wrong, mm-hmm. but would we, would, how many professional athletes are Catholic? That talk about it all the time? Are Catholic? I don't know. That talk about it all the time? I don't know. Well, I can't that, think of that one. That give like the big ups to God or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't, I guess I'm wondering is because Jehovah's Witnesses are a little fringy? Yeah. Versus like somebody who's just like, oh, I'm Baptist, big up to God. And nobody's like, well, here's some challenges within your, what your belief she, structure. What if someone said, I'm a Scientologist? That's why we won this game. L. Ron I Hubbard guess, helped I me through I this. I just don't give a... F- I, I think that's where I'm really having a hard time like doing this thought experiment, is I don't care. I got you. I got you. Oh, Jesus. Why is Scientology as popular as it is? Celebrities. You, Tom Cruise, 
people like him yeah. have promoted it yeah. as if it's a good thing. It's not a good thing. That's yeah. what we're learning from Leah Remini and all the documentaries and articles about them. But it's popular in some people's minds and they'll give it a shot because they see Tom Cruise talking about it. It's like, oh, he doesn't talk about it all the time. Yeah. But the fact that he has promoted it and then gets mad when people ask him about <sighs> yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. right. It's like, no, he's bringing it up. He's the one that's advertising for them. Let's talk about it, Tommy. Because the wasn't wasn't there a time when he's like, don't give your kids medicine that they need? Oh, well, it's, he didn't believe in, he he doesn't believe in like pharm, um, pharmaceutical drugs. Or yeah, something, he doesn't right? believe in like antidepressants and things like that. Right, and that's a problem too. So it's like, no, if you're believing in the stuff and you're the most famous person representing this religion, it's fair game. Let's talk about it, whether you want to or not, because this is what people think of when they think of Scientology. And when they see Jehovah's Witnesses, I think for a lot of people, maybe not us, because we talk about religion a lot, Mm -hmm. but for people who don't think about religion day and night, if you think of Jehovah's Witnesses, a lot of people say, oh, Serena Williams is a Jehovah's Witness. They're they're good people. They knock on my door sometimes. They're fine. They're not fine. And we got to talk about their beliefs and the harm that they cause, but we can't because she's just thanking Jehovah after every game. But I guess my question is, are Jehovah's Witnesses, is Scientology that much more dangerous than Catholicism, which at this point is demonstrably dangerous? Oh, yeah. Look, if there was a, this is why the Colbert thing is relevant. Um, I don't think Colbert is the most famous Catholic in the world, obviously. I would argue the Pope right? is the most famous. The Pope famous is the most famous. Catholic. So when it comes to these other religions that are fringier, yeah. that don't have a figurehead at the top necessarily, like no one Somebody's knows who the... de facto... Yeah, no one knows who the the, the 12 uh, people who run the Mormon church are or the Jehovah's Speak Witness Speak for yourself. Elders. I obviously know all of their names. <laughs> like unless you're a believer yeah. or you pay attention to them closely, no one knows any of them or yeah. their names. So you go by who's the most famous Mormons that you're you right. know. It's Mitt Romney. He's like, oh, he's harmless. He's fine. Mormonism must be fine. Or Donnie and Marie are good people. <laughs> They're singers. I like Mormonism. It's <laughs> fine. But like, no, it's harmful. It hurts people. And it's so hard to push back against the hardest beliefs when the first thing is like, you're going after people like Mitt Romney? He's really not the worst. No, he's not. He's very nice to me when I hang out with him. <laughs> but you know I've hung out with Mitt Romney, yeah, though. totally. I've definitely talked about his this summer on the podcast. <laughs> uh, it wasn't his summer home. It was his other Mormon friend's summer home. But this, it's so and hard And his to... wife, Ann Romney, thinks I'm a good dancer. <laughs> go ahead. With people who who don't think about this stuff day and night, they go off of celebrities. They go off of what they promote and what they talk about. Yeah. Romney has no problem talking about Mormonism, and that's fine. I'm not criticizing him for being a Mormon, but I'm saying it's really hard to criticize the Mormon church where it's deserved because a lot of people associate the religion with the most famous people who promote it. So it's like if Mitt Romney's <sighs> running for office, uh-huh. and he is. And he is. Um, how come nobody's told him to take up knitting and go away? Know, That's right? so weird. <laughs> but it's like, okay, if he's running for office, it's fair to say, hey, the Mormon church did this. And all he has to say is, well, I'm here representing the people of Utah on the not Senate. The church. I'm not representing my church. I'm not representing my faith. And so... It's not a fair question to ask because I may have my personal... And by the way, Catholics, politicians do it all the time too. My church is against abortion. Tim Kaine did this. My church is against abortion, but I'm personally pro-choice. Uh, no, he said he's personally against abortion, oh, but with right. legislatively And to me, pro-choice. that's a really important distinction. And that's why, but, that's, but they ask the question because you're the representative and you're talking about your yeah, faith. Yeah, you're in front of the camera right, right? now. So we get to talk to about it. 
I'm saying no one brings it up with Serena Williams. They should. They should talk about her beliefs. I, don't know if I agree with you, Hemet. Do you want to talk about anything else? I'm good. No, I have like four more stories, <laughs> know, but too. we've been recording for 17 hours. I know. By I the way, India, India overturned homosexuality yeah, bans. Congrats, India. Yeah, India. Your, your unanimous Supreme Court victory, by the way. No shit, really? Yeah. That's so excellent. Do you, you have family still, still in India, yeah? Uh, some of them. Oh. That's racist. <laughs> You're Indian, Hemet. What the fuck do you want from me? I think there might be a chance it could still be appealed. I forgot how the legal system works there. But for I'm sorry, now... Can you make it clear I'm not racist that you're literally oh, right. Indian? <laughs> I, I know you I skipped over that. I actually do have some family there. Yeah, so it's fucking okay. sucked my dick, Hemet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So yay. Um, yeah, no, what's that's, your happy that's thing for the week? That's good news. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, you know what? Uh, my happy thing is I signed up to uh, go canvassing. Oh, good. For who? Uh, for Sean Caston. Oh, um, so there's a website called Swing Left, yeah. and you go on and you can find like your nearest dic- district that generally it's um, currently is represented by a Republican, but Hillary won that particular uh, district. So there's a chance Democrats could take it. Right. Um, so Sean Caston is. Uh, not my representative, but really nearby me. So I'm we're in Aurora, um, and he's like West Chicago, Downers Grove kind of area, which yeah. is sort of where I grew up in, like the Downers Grove area. So um, Anne, who's been on this show, um, she and I are gonna go canvassing. I've never That's gone door to door. I'm <clears throat> very nervous. <laughs> I'm afraid I'm gonna get punched in my face because my only <laughs> my only experience with people coming door to door is religion. Yeah. <laughs> I actually did something similar. There's a site called Get Her Elected, yeah, which is for progressive women yeah. at any level of state or federal office. And I keep submitting. I'm like, they send you a list every week. Like, who of these candidates would you like to help? They need help with fundraising or a copy on their website yeah, or public speaking. And I'm oh, like, I well, I know public speaking. Yeah. So I, I've been reaching out for months saying, I can help this candidate. Here's what you need to know about me. I finally got a hit. I finally talked to somebody. Yeah. So we're going to talk about public speaking skills. So it was cool. It's like, I can excellent. help you get elected maybe in something. That's awesome. Yeah. And similarly, I, um, I literally yesterday, I just booked my flight to Houston for my speaking engagement at Very cool. Humanist of Houston and, and uh, Houston Oasis. End of and October? Um, yeah, uh, the, 20, the weekend of the 20th, 21st. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have to say, I know we've gone so, so long, but this is such a fucking wild thing to be happening to me right now. Like, I've been writing for the website since 2012. You sent me to, like, one convention to cover. No, no, that's not true. We, I went to TAM a couple times. I went to the American Atheist Conference. This is the first time somebody has reached out and been like, hey, we're going to fly you. <laughs> we value what you have to say and what you're bringing to the table. We're going to fly you down to a different state. We're going to put you in a room with a bed. <laughs> we're going to pay for it. It's just, it's the most um, deeply flattering thing maybe that's ever happened to me because awesome. I do feel like there's an element of, I feel like I'm yelling into the void a lot. <laughs> um, and we get great emails, but this is, this is on, and, and I'm going to be on a panel with like Tracy Harris, who's fantastic. Like my OG lady <laughs> atheist person the that atheist I used to experience. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, incredibly flattering and very exciting and um yeah and i'm going to houston twice in a month because i'm going there for work too ah, what are awesome. the chances anyway um hemant where can i find you uh, on the i Twitter? am at hemant meta 
I'm at FriendlyAtheist.com. Go to Patreon.com slash oh, yeah, FriendlyAtheistPodcast. We, we didn't have any listener mail. If you have a question that you want to ask us that you need our really good advice on, FriendlyAtheistPodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, God, I think that's it. I'm really happy we did this because we were supposed to record today at like noon. But I had to go into the office today. Normally, I work from home on Fridays. But I'm. This is great. I think we had fun. It was fun. Did you have fun? Sure. It's hard to say. You have dead shark eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best analog, uh, analog for resting bitch face I've ever heard. Thank All right. You. See you next week, guys. Bye.